everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is July 20th, 2021. Again, starting off, need to apologize for the delays between these podcasts, trying to get better. I'm going to blame my busy, busy schedule. Um, pretty much just trying to get some things out there to give, I guess, a more broader approach to what I'm trying to accomplish with this whole podcast, Facebook, social media ventures that I'm going through pretty much not only just want to get my message across through the podcast and through Facebook, but also trying to start some Zoom chats on a monthly basis to also just, I guess, be able to express myself in all directions. You know, like I stated originally, the podcast was my way of being able to I guess, vocally express myself, kind of like reading my words. Now I've gotten to the point where I've become impatient with that and now just want to, I guess, publicly display, not so much as have people to see me express, but also with the Zoom chats, I like to hear immediate feedback from the audience. So pretty much what I'm preparing is to launch something, like I said, on a monthly base, maybe, you know, I don't want to say weekly because I'm, oh my gosh, I'll be really overwhelmed. You know, it's hard enough to keep up with this podcast, much less try to do a Zoom chat on a weekly basis. But right now I'm going for once a month, um, we did do a Zoom chat pretty much about Juneteenth. Despite there were some glitches, of course, which involved me giving out the wrong password to the audience. And that kind of cut the audience pretty much down by 70%. However, you know, that was a trial. That was a learning process. Hopefully can find a great subject because even with the number of individuals that participated in that conference, which was, you know, Juneteenth versus the 4th of July, just wanted to vent like I do with all my social media avenues, my views in regards to how Juneteenth is now the new black people's 4th of July. And just to, you know, reiterate, there was no independence celebrated for Juneteenth. That whole Juneteenth concept about where they couldn't free the slaves or they found out two years after the Civil War. You know, I mean, come on, that's so much bullshit in that. It gets hard sometimes to even just express through a podcast. And like I said, sometimes I just want to see the reactions of individuals, 
Now, what I did notice on that Zoom chat, pretty much everybody agreed with me. I want to get to the point where there's a number of people on these Zoom chats, same way, you know, I get feedback from my Facebook comments, you know, where people disagree or when I push stuff on other groups. I really love doing that and just getting some good, real feedback. You know, one thing I try to tell people, my views are my views. I'm not asking for you to really change it. Yes, I'm open to the idea of having new insight, but overall, I really don't believe that you're going to change my views. You might correct me on some, maybe a fact or a date or maybe a person that I might misquote or misplace them in a certain circumstance. But overall, make no mistake, pretty much when my mind is made up, it's there. Like I said, I love people's opinion. I love their views. But I try to tell people, don't join on with the concept of that you're going to change my ideals. My goal is not, I don't even want to change other people's ideas. Like I said, my whole principle of using social media, using the podcast, and eventually using Zoom, and you know, and next thing might be something on YouTube on a regular basis, just to get fresh ideals out there, whether or not you agree with it. Just try to have something that would just make a person just say, oh, wow, I never thought about it from that point of view. You know, my whole tactic is to just stimulate people's minds. With that being said, pretty much um, another thing that, you know, I know people have kind of let it fall by the wayside. But, you know, today is July 20th. We're well over a year since the murder of George Floyd. And as of this recording, H.R. 7120, which is better known as the George Floyd Justice Bill and George Floyd Justice in Policing Act of 2020, which was introduced in June, June 8th, to be exact, of 2020, still has not been passed. So, you know, again, happy Juneteenth. There's some things I want to catch up on. Um, I kind of felt an irony about the situation in Haiti with the murder, assassination of their president. And I kind of noticed some similarities in the story. You know, this was a president. He lost and he did not step down and then used his powers while he was not supposed to be in office to promote rhetoric and actually go to the extent while he was in what I call a fake term of having his opponents arrested only to have individuals and I, you know forgive me for laughing it's just I'm laughing at the irony of this and you know 
follow me on this because, you know, you might hear some similarities. But, you know, promote this rhetoric and having his opponents arrested and a hit squad, literally based on, you know, from what I'm gathering, these were a group of mercenaries from, sound like, almost from all over the world. United States, Haitian, other parts of the globe. And they came to his house and murdered him. And I'm not sure about the um, condition of the wife. Because, I, you know, it's funny. I have not heard any more about this story. I know she was, you know, severely wounded. And she was in Miami um, receiving treatment. But, you know, I have not heard anything about this story. What I'm trying to get people to understand is how close this becoming our reality. I mean, this president, I can't say his name. Um, I, it's Moise, Moise. You know, he's a businessman. He took office in 2017 and after his parliamentary, parliamentary term expired in January of 2020, new elections were held. Opponents and protesters demanded that he step down when it was clear that he lost and he refused to do so. You know, I mean, kind of, you know, we didn't have a point where the president refused to step down, but he refused to yield. Now, I guess in this country, our laws are different. But when you look at a lot of things that are going on right now, based on the rhetoric of this president, you know, pretty much the voter suppression and things like this, it's, I'm not going to say it's similar but it's, there's, there's a little parallel. There's a little parallel. Because it makes you wonder, what if, what if Donald Trump would have hunkered down and just said, I'm not leaving office? What, what would have really happened in this country? And we're still, we're still hearing all these different stories. Now, you know, there are generals that are saying things like there might have been a possible coup. You know, things... It's like you just hearing story after story after story about the things that went on behind the scene. It's just, it's mind blowing. It is mind blowing. It's, it's like until somebody just says, Donald Trump told the National Guard, Donald Trump told Capitol Police to stand down and actually told a group of people, I want you to march on the Capitol. Until something like that is discovered, to me, let's stop talking about this shit. And truth be told, it probably won't happen. But just what else are you going to find? What else are you looking for in terms of just trying to find some resolution to this? It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I want to talk about, 
and I and I know I apologize. I apologize. I'm talking about things that are late. Some things are not even irrelevant, but it just I just got to get it off my chest. You know, things I write down along the way, and then I look back at my notes, and I'm like, okay, yes, this is old, but I just got to say something about it. The white man in New Jersey who was so blatant enough and believed in his white privilege to the point where he went on a racist rhetoric rampaging, calling everybody in the neighborhood niggers and monkeys. Then this dumb bastard gave everybody his address. And then you show the video of how when police came, the neighborhood, you know, they I guess they had a march on his place. And while the police was escorting him out, and I still don't know if he what was he arrested for? Because I mean, was he arrested because he called the black people niggas a monkey? Or, you know, um, was he arrested because of his harassment? I mean, why all of a sudden? After he'd been doing this, to my understanding, he'd been doing this for the last two years. In fact, there was a story of a mother and daughter that told this story of harassment by this man and nothing happened. Which I don't understand when they say nothing happened. I guess my thing is, yeah, I get it. It's a mother and a daughter, two women. But, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, women don't come in this world by themselves. There has to be a man involved. So between the mother and daughter, I just find it hard to understand that there was no men to come to their aid where this mother and daughter went home, told their black men, and I know it sounds like I'm probably, you know, flipping it, because I'm just, it's, it's irritating when I hear stuff like this and I'm not focusing on the authorities coming in. What I'm focusing on is when this mother and this daughter two years told the story of their harassment and they told this story to people in their community, the black men in their community, why wasn't something done then? See, the up the uprising, the uproar wasn't the stuff that he was doing two years ago. The uproar was when he went on the racist rampage and just blatantly said niggers and monkeys and then gave his address. But the mother and the daughter, he lives in the neighborhood. He been doing this. So why? was the uproar two years later. This, this, is, this is what I don't, I just, this is what irritates me. This is, to me, is what our problem is. This is what I feel in the black community why we don't get anything in a, from a legislation point of view, 
it's, it's almost like we're not really respected because it's almost like a, a group of people are saying we can bargain with them. We can capitulate. It's like it's like a dog with a ball. You fake like you're throwing it to the point where even when you do it, sometimes the dog will take off running. Then he'll realize there's no ball. And then you do it a couple of more times. Even the dog will get to the point where it don't even move. It might turn his head, but it's like, okay, you know, what the fuck? You full of shit. But for some reason, we fall for this every time. We're still, we're like the first time when the ball is fake, a fake throw and, the, and running for the ball. That's, that's what we do. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And we, we don't understand why we're not getting nowhere. I mean, you know, I came across the, the bill that was proposed in the house, you know, S-937, the COVID-19 Hate Crime Act, which somehow this was a bill that they incorporated crimes that was perpetrated against Asian Americans. And, you know, they, they put this in this COVID bill. They made a bill for COVID, but they put, I guess, a sub bill that recognized the heightened increase in hate crimes against Asian and Pacific Islander people. And I mean, we're talking about 2020 when we had the situation in Atlanta where the individual went in and he murdered. And I know there's, you know, allegedly murdered individuals in, you know, I guess massage parlors. You know, he went to two different ones, had it planned that he was going to go to a couple of more in Florida before they apprehended him. But when you think about this happened in 2020 and immediately they get a hate crime act. And you're like, as an African-American, you're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like the bill is about COVID. But inside that bill, and I mean, it's officially documented. I mean, there's six, there's six points. One of the points following the spread of COVID in 2020, there has been a dramatic increase in hate crime and violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Number two, according to a recent report, there were nearly 3,000 reported cases of anti Asian discrimination and incidents related to COVID between March 19, 2020 and February 28, 2021 in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Three, during this time frame, race has been cited as the primary reason for demonstration, making up over 90% of the incidents and the United States condemns and denounces any and all anti-Asian and Pacific Islanders sentiments 
in any form. Number four, roughly 36% of these incidents took place at a business and more than 2 million Asian American businesses have contributed to the diverse and fabric of the American life. Which, of course, to me, that's bullshit because what about black businesses? I'll keep going. Number five, more than 1.9 million Asian Americans and Island Pacificers, older adults, particularly those older who are recent immigrants or have limited English speaking abilities, may face even greater challenges in dealing with COVID pandemic, including discrimination, economic insecurities, and language isolation. Number six, in the midst of this alarming surge in anti-Asian hate, crimes, and incidents, a shooter murdered the following eight people in Atlanta, Georgia, seven of whom were women, six of whom were women of Asian descent, and they named the individuals. And I'm thinking, where the fuck have we been at for 400 years? I mean, everything that this thing stated, it's been happening to black people. And I'm thinking, you know, as I read this stuff, I couldn't help but wonder how, 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 how did they get, how, how did they get this? Down by, by no reason, let me, let me be clear, by no means or reasoning am I downplaying the hate against another group of people. But I'm trying to find the justification of how one group of people just, I mean, how did they get this so soon? And see, another thing, another thing that this bill won't address, this bill does not say is all of this hate was due to the rhetoric that was spewed by the former president when he referred to COVID as the Kung Fu flu or the China flu. This is the bullshit that got this going. See, nobody wants to say this. All of this was started in the White House last year. And it's like in one year, you get a hate crime for a specific group of people, but a group of people that have been knocking at the door, business owner, when I, you know, two million Asian businesses have contributed to the diverse fabric of the American life? What the fuck? I mean, really? So black businesses, they don't do this? I, I, I mean, that's, that's, it's just, it, like I said, you're not downplaying, but this is the shit that makes us stay divided. Because this is the shit that makes you say, it's like when you got a sibling and they get something of value from your parents. And you're like, instead of being happy for them, 
you're kind of resentful because it's like, what about me? But, you know, and I, one thing, let me, let me say this, because I know probably I'm going to piss some black people off. I've always felt that there's a major factor with us as African-Americans. In fact, this might be a good Zoom topic. I still believe that in the language of the Constitution in terms of the word emancipated, I still believe that somewhere in that language, in that rhetoric, plays a part as to why we are not being moved ahead. And I believe, I just, I believe that African-Americans are going about it all wrong. I believe that we need to get that word changed. We need to get the term that black people were emancipated versus being freed. I just believe, I believe, and I believe this is something that we have been overlooking. And I believe that when that term is changed, and it may sound, people might say it's just a, it's just a term. No, it's not. People don't understand when you emancipate something versus freeing something, it's a difference. To put it simply, when you emancipate something, you just letting it go, but you have control over it. Versus when you free something, you let it go and you're done. It's like, it's like having a dog in your yard. Let's say you, you live on one acres and that dog is outside. Or let's say, you know, I won't say an acre. Let's say a small backyard. The dog is on a leash. So you're controlling him. You're restricting him. You're pretty much enslaving him. Okay. Now you get land. One acres, 10 acres, 100 acres, it don't matter. But it's all fenced in. Land might be so vast that you can't even see the fence. But there's a fence. You can only go but so far. But you take that leash off that dog and tell that dog, hey, you can run. The dog is like, oh, shit, this is brand new. And you're sitting there, you're running around, you're like, okay, I'm free, but you're not. That's the definition of being emancipated. That, that leash has been taken off of your neck, but you still are restricted. And I think this is something that needs to be addressed. We need to address the concept of emancipation versus freedom. Because when that dog is free, there's an opening in that fence where that dog can go through and don't have to look back. And there's a reason why when the 
Emancipation Proclamation was written, that word was put in there. That's not some accident. That's not some, let's just use it as a trial error and see, you know, give them baby steps. No, the motherfuckers knew exactly what they were doing because they never changed it. And they intentionally kept it in there. So I believe that when we're saying, give us our rights, I believe when you emancipate something, there's a limitation of rights that you are entitled to. And I think when I saw this Asian hate crime go through, because Asian people, they're not emancipated. They're free. No matter how many of us, how successful, how much money we are making, we still are emancipated. And I believe without a doubt, this is probably the root cause. Call me crazy. Again, would love to hear people's views and ideals on this. But I believe in my heart, this, this is an issue. This is an issue. But, you know, like I said, now that I think about it, I think that might be the next, that might be the next Zoom chapter. Hopefully I don't fuck up the passwords and I can get more people in there. I promise you, I'm, I'm going to do my homework better next time on that. But that's that's interesting. Hmm. Wow. Now, 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 now I got to finish the podcast while I'm thinking about a, a new Zoom topic. But either way, another thing I want to talk about, um, the USA basketball team. And, you know, this is one of my pet peeves. Um, the U.S. basketball team in exhibition games. I think their record was like 54 and oh, and at, the, you know, last week or so, they lost, they lost like two games and it's just a symbolic of the structure, how they put this team together, you know, a bunch of superstars and high scores, you know, going up against the world. And when I say the world, you're talking about basketball teams that have been together for anywhere between five, 10, some these guys, 20 something years might have been started at 15 or so and been playing on the international team. Not to mention the number of NBA players that are on the international team. It was ironic. They were trying to figure out how. They got all these shooters on this team and they need some big men in the center. But our big men in the NBA are all, most of them are foreigners. But it's, you know, the thing that caught my attention is that the USA basketball team need to understand it's not only about talent or having everybody on the team that are high scores. Because, unfortunately, that's just what we define all-stars and elite players. But there are players that are all-stars that just play great roles. You know, they specialize in rebounders or focus on making assists. 
you know, the all-defense team, you know, a person that has the ability to disrupt something and can steal the ball. This is how you make a championship team. To me, if the U.S. wants to construct this team, first of all, you start with the coach, which I think Greg Popovich is probably the best choice. But I believe that they should allow for Greg Popovich to put the team together, which, I mean, you know, I would say he probably put, you know, bring the San Antonio Spurs. But I don't, you know, the, to me, the old San Antonio Spurs with Tim Duncan, David Robinson, uh, well, of course, Ginobili, he, um, in fact, that was one of the teams that got the gold medal. Um, but still, when you put a team together and say, I'm going to put this team and structure this team like the making of a championship NBA team, that's when you're going to win. You'll probably have a team with a lot of no-name players, but you could see that this person is a top rebounder. This person is an assist maker. Yeah, you might need, you get a player like a Kevin Durant, and you designate Kevin Durant as your, your score. You know, it reminds me when Phil Jackson became coach of the Lakers, and the Lakers already had Kobe, and they, had, they signed Shaquille O'Neal, and Phil Jackson made it plain. Shaquille O'Neal is going to be the alpha. Shaquille O'Neal is basically, you get the ball. If Shaq don't rebound it, somebody else rebound it, push it up, wait for Shaq. If you get the ball, assist, assist it to Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal was the dominant player. In my system, I'm speaking like Phil Jackson, in my system, Shaquille O'Neal is going to be the top scorer. Now, once they double him and all this, Kobe... You know, you do your thing. That is how you put a winning team together. But, you know, we're so focused on trying to make everybody happy. You, it just, it, it, it's not going to work. And it's at the point, you know, people always talk about the dream team, how they were good and all this. It wasn't that they were good. First of all, they were older. A lot of these guys was in the early third. They were mature. They had probably an average of 10 years. Other than Christian Leitner, who was a rookie, they had about 10 years of playing in the NBA. So they knew that they people forget Charles Barkley was the leading scorer. And, you know, it just. They just, you know, fed him the ball. And you were talking about Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Clyde Drexler, really? And Charles Barkley? Really? Charles Barkley was an undersized forward. And he was the leading scorer. Because, you know, that's just that's just how it that's how it turned out. But it's just, you know, and I think about how, you know, this correlate to just doing anything, business, anything. You got to have the ingredients and you got to say this person will fit here that person should fit over there no matter what 
they were brought in to do, you make that change for the betterment of the organization. And if they don't want that, then you got to, you go, you just got to say, hey, we don't need you. You know, so. Mm. Next thing I want to talk about is, again, past elections. What just trips me out is how black people don't understand the concept of voter suppression. You know, people don't understand how the top agenda of the Republican Party is to not only see Republicans, they don't even think about how do we get something back? It's not even about getting the House and the Senate or the White House back. They're focusing on how can this never happen again? The strategy that they implement is like it's I can't even say it's genius. I just don't understand why Democrats can't figure that shit out. It's like right now, Democrats control everything, but they haven't got one damn thing done. Not one thing has been done. And it's plain as, it's plain as day. When black people came together and they pooled, they pooled their votes, they got Joe Biden in the White House. When black people in Georgia came together, they sent two Democrats to the Senate. And white people saw that. So they went straight. They went straight after the black vote. And they did they did things that it, it, it makes me mad that certain things will cripple the black vote because it shouldn't be. You should not say, I'm not going to go vote because I can't get a bottle of water. Or I'm not going to go vote because I only got one day to do it. Yeah, those things, they're nice. They're convenient. You know, I'm, I do early voting. It's, you know, it's handy. But I just don't understand that one group of one group of people understands that all they got to do is take this away and it'll cripple another group of people. And that's that should not be. And see, another thing is. Black people, Democrats, they don't understand. When you do something like this. Another group. They're going to retaliate. They're not going to just say, oh, they got us. Oh, not these corrupt motherfuckers. No. It's, think about it. You, you got a hornet's nest hanging over your porch. You want it down. So you knock it down. And now you're just standing there because you're thinking, okay, I knocked it down. I'm done. No, bullshit. Them bees coming. In fact, when you say, I want this hornet's nest down, you should automatically be prepared and have a plan in place for the retaliation before you even 
kick the damn nest. What Democrats should have had in place was there's a possibility that we can get these two seats. We can get the White House, but you best believe the Republicans are going to do something. And if you if you have a brain trust, they could have figured this out easily. I mean, I, I, it's a no-brainer. I just don't, I don't understand. How is it that the Democrats are constantly getting caught with their goddamn pants down? I don't, I just, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. But you know, let's see. Let's see, you know, of course, now we we need a filibuster. We need the president. We need the Senate to get their shit together and, and install a Voting Rights Act, which another lesson that people need to understand, state-level elections count. You know, I still have this pet peeve where, you know, people in Georgia keep saying Georgia's a blue state. Georgia is not a blue state if it is being controlled by the Republicans. How the fuck is it a blue state if the Republicans are changing everything? Think about it. That don't, that don't even make sense. It makes no sense at all. But it's just, that's, that's the shit that got us in this mess because we're thinking that because we sent two Democrats to Washington that we ain't control the shit. No, you're not. You're not. But either way, let's see, let's see what happens. You know, personally, ain't shit gonna happen. But let me let me let me wrap this up. I don't know, maybe I might and it might be a touchy subject to people. You know, when I get off the highway and I see panhandlers standing outside, you know, on the exit, and they got their signs saying, you know, homeless or need money and things like this. But right beside them, I see kids hustling by selling water, selling juice. And not to mention, you know, on that same corner or across the street, there's like a fast food restaurant, which everybody know everybody's hiring now, offering bonuses. Now, I know there are people that say, well, some of these people have mental health needs and everybody aren't equipped to work. But I just, I say some of these people, but not all of these people. I just, you know, as a clinician, some things I just noticed, I can spot a person when they say they're homeless. I just see certain things. I, you know, I look at maybe the shoes. I look at their hands. I look at, I look at their, their hair. You know, hair is, you know, there's a difference between a genuine homeless person's hair versus a person that might have taken a shower that morning. So 
certain things you just can't hide. But I just I just have this feeling about when I see a panhandler standing beside a kid and it's used to panhandlers are dope and a bunch of kids running up and down the street selling water. And I'm thinking you're begging as an adult and these kids are out here hustling, making money. Just something to me. I don't understand how, you know, they don't feel they don't feel nothing. But I think that's just the society that we live in. People getting to the point, and I know people will be like, "Oh, you coming down on the homeless?" Yeah, I, yeah, I am. Fuck it, shit, I am, because I believe the panhandler can go up to the kids and say, "Hey, can I get in some get in some of this action?" And the kids be like, "Yeah, I'm sure the kids probably be like, yeah, you sell this, you get a, you know, for every one you sell, you get X number of money, period." But, you know, like I said, that's just that's just my pet peeve. I'm going to wrap this up, as always. And I know I said a lot of stuff catching up. If you agree with me, disagree with me, I would love to hear your comments. I would love to hear your responses. Please follow me on social media. I have a Facebook page. There's a system to this madness. I have an Instagram page by the name of the same thing. I have a Twitter page. There's a system to this madness. I would love, and I, a lot of times I post a lot of the things that I talk about on the podcast. Again, I get comments. I read them, listen to them, and I repeat a lot of the stuff. Or some stuff, you know, after I read it, it changes, you know, my views. You know, so... I just, I, I want to be open. I, I, it's not just me venting. I want to learn. So please, if you can educate me, teach me, I am open. It's never had the mindset that I don't want to learn something new. Because that's what it's all about. Until then, God bless. Take care. I don't care what they say about people that are vaccinated. Cover your damn face. Please, because we still you you hear him saying you've been vaccinated, you're good. But then at the same time, you hear them saying, oh, they're variants. No, fuck that. Cover your face. Until then, talk to you later. God bless. Take care. All right, guys, thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week. Thank you.